0: Good morning, everybody. How do you do? Welcome to the Irish Show on WHK AM 1420. My name is Jerry Quinn, and I'm delighted to be with you this morning. Our program is brought to you by Gandalf's Pub and Restaurant in Valley City, Golf Tech, Chambers Funeral Homes, Joyce Buick GMC, O'Neill Healthcare, PJ McIntyre's Irish Pub and Restaurant, Vince's Barbershop, the Western Reserve Insurance Group, All of these good folks bringing you the Irish show this morning on WHK AM 1420 and on the Internet at whkradio.com. We'll be with you now for the next two hours, so make sure you stay with us. We've got some great guests this morning. Don't go away. Stand by. it's you and I what happened Quinn. didn't you sign the checks for those guys last week they never showed up today
1: well I didn't mail them out because I thought maybe they wouldn't be here so
0: (laughs) (laughs) well they're not getting paid that's for sure (laughs) this is a this is (laughs) not a huge
1: issue
0: yeah, listen, it's, uh, that is big news today. Andrew, who has been with us here for six years, making sure that we stay on the air, and he's done a great job. This is his last show with us, so a- Andrew, don't screw it up today, Now. know. <laughs> he's not. He's got a great track record here. We just love Andrew. He has been He's such a, a staple here at the station. I don't know what we're going to do without him. But I did hear who his replacement is for next week, and I know him. He's a good guy, too. In fact, Andrew recommended him. Kyle Knight, he's going to be with us starting next week, and hopefully we can keep him for another six years. But anyway, J.C., uh, uh, next Sunday, it's not it's not too soon to look ahead. Next Sunday is a kind of an important Sunday here. Every Sunday is, of course, but next week we're going to have the honorees from the St. Patrick's Day Parade. Oh, you know, uh, do you know the the Grand Marshal? Mickey uh, Coyne? Who is it? Mickey Coyne? Michael Coyne? I don't uh, think
1: I've ever met him.
0: Honest to God, you're the only one in Cleveland that hasn't. <laughs> <laughs>
1: he's, a, he's a Far East Sider, that's why. Oh, and he's not a.
0: F- He's not a far, East, sorry about that. Andrew, that's why you're here. JC, you have to repeat everything you said. Your microphone wasn't on. What did you say? I forget. Don't get that. <laughs> Join the group here. Anyway, next Sunday, we're going to be um, having as our guests the honorees of the St. Patrick's Day Parade. Mickey Coyne will be here. Oh, yeah, I've met Mickey. He's a good guy. Yeah. Uh, and, uh... <laughs> well, also, Bridgie Conway, she's going to be here. She's the Irish mother of the, the year. Think about Bridgie. That's right. That's her. And also, Maureen Cavanaugh and Kevin McDonough, and they are the co-chairs of the parade. Now, I don't know if Jack Murphy from the East Side Club is coming in or not. I have to contact Jack and see if he would. And then uh, the following Sunday, we're not going to bring the West Side Club in on because we're going to be live at the West Side Irish American Club two weeks from today, which is the 12th of March. We did it last year, had a lot of fun doing it. Um, Michael and Shields are going to be entertaining. That's a they're, they're a great duo, as you know. So we're going to be talking to the West Side Club honorees, but it'll be live. That's two weeks from today now. But next Sunday is the, uh, is the honorees. And you know what I'm going to do, JC? I am going to get Bridget Conway to sing the song about her village, Ballycroy. Croix. She's a pretty good singer, actually.
1: She uh, has a lovely voice.
0: Yes, yes. yes. I saw her yesterday. She's in great form. They had a huge crowd at the West Side Club last night. Oh, it there was the East Side Club at a big night also, I believe. But anyway, with us in the studio this morning, Gary Schmardell. I have I got to know Gary through the East Side Club. We're going to be talking to he and his comedy group. The, we were expecting three But two showed up, so that's good. Uh, I don't think we've ever had professional comedians on the program. We have a lot of people on here that were comedians, all right. They didn't know it, but they were. So uh, we're going to talk to them uh, in the course of the program today. And then at 11 o'clock, we have the director of the play that is playing at the Maltz Performing Arts Center today at 3 30. It's going on for a couple of weeks. um, her name is Met- Lara, and I don't know how to pronounce it, Mik- <laughs> uh, McCarrick, I think it is. I think that's the way to pronounce it. My phone, let me see if I can spell it out, how to pronounce it. It's um. It's not that it's that complicated, it's just, you know how you have to do that sometimes phonetically. So um, she's going to be with us, anyway, and she is the director of dancing at Lunasa, at uh, The Performing Arts Center is at Case Western Reserve University, so we're looking forward to that. We're talking to her at 11 o'clock. It's 10 minutes past 11 o'clock. We're going to talk to our comedians in just a few minutes, but stand by right now. As I always do, open the program with uh, some nice music. Here's a group called uh, Kevin Crawford, Colin Farrell, and Patrick Ducey, and it's called the Pelican March. Then we're going to talk with our great comedians, and they're, they're the one that didn't show up, we're going to highlight him first, and that's B- Bill Benden. He didn't show up, but Jay Bach is here, Kevin Whalen is here, and of course Gary is here. Gary is not the comedian, though.
2: <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> well,
0: right, right, Gary? <laughs> right, Gary? Oh, yeah. okay. here's, the, uh, here's Kevin Crawford and company. It is now 14 minutes past the hour of 10 here on the Irish show on WHK M 1420. We're in the, in the studio with us this morning, is Gary Schmerdell, and Gary is from the Lake County Celtic Club. We're going to talk to him now about the our guest this morning, about a big show that he, they have coming up. Gary, welcome to the program. First time here, right? And stay close to the mic.
3: Yeah, first time, Jerry. Thank you for having us.
0: Great. Um, Celtic Nation
3: Society, based in Lake County. We decided, well, I've thrown comedy shows forever, and these guys have worked for me, but we decided we're going to do quarterly shows, and the first one is April 22nd. We're called the Celtic Comedy Club. It's at the American Legion in Willowick, and I love double headliners, but we actually got three headliners. Two of them are here. Uh, Jay Bach and Kevin Whalen. Bill Benden's out making money. Shame on him. He has a gig today, so he couldn't make it. But uh, these guys gotta of got be worried. I told them, Hey, we got a radio gig and they kept telling me I have the perfect face for radio. I was taking it as a compliment, but I'm not so sure now. Okay. But the event is doors open at seven o'clock. It's at the American Legion in Willowick. Show starts at eight. Tickets are fifteen dollars. Unless you're a member of the Celtic Nations and they're twelve. Membership has its benefits. I keep telling people that. You could contact me for tickets. My number is four four zero six five five seven five nine two and as usual the Monreal Cernic funeral home sponsors everything we do and they're very involved in this so I'd like to give a shout out to Jane and Bill Monreal and thank them for their sponsorship and actually that's all I got to say I want to turn it over to comedians now because they're the highlight today and Jerry I have two sets of tickets two set two pairs of tickets to give away so I have envelopes ready and Right. JC
0: busy here his, uh, uh, we're going to be on YouTube, JC. Uh, we will. Uh, Are we going to be on YouTube? Yeah, I'll, I'll post
1: it and uh, I'll need some business
0: cards. From you okay. All right. Okay, very good. We won't do it at this minute. We'll wait a little later in the program. Um, mm, but, but first. Everybody's in for a treat. All right. We, uh, we have. Uh, in the studio with us, two of our three comedians, and um, it is uh, Kevin Whalen and Jay Bach. And I'm looking at Jay's book here that he wrote. We'll talk about that later. But, Jay, you got the first microphone there. How in God's name did you become a, get into comedy?
4: Well, I got into comedy late. It was sort of a midlife crisis. I bought a motorcycle, and my wife wouldn't let me date, so I had to get into comedy <laughs> instead. Oh, yeah.
0: I bought a motorcycle, but I didn't have that problem. <laughs> the wife told me I'd get killed on it, and I only had it for a couple of years, and she says, it's got to go.
4: It was you or the bike, huh? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But my son made up for it. He's got 13 bikes now. Wow. wow. So anyway, continue. Oh,
4: yeah. So um, so I ended up taking a comedy class sort of as, as a lark. Uh, in fact, a lot of the comics in the Cleveland area have probably taken this class. And we went. We did the show. We had a couple weeks of training. And then at graduation they have this big show, and the place is filled with family and friends, and so it, w- it was a love fest. Everybody was laughing, and about a week later I went to another club where I didn't know anybody, and it was crickets. <laughs> and <laughs> I realized I'm not nearly as funny as I thought I was. And so don't, if you want to get into comedy, don't trust your family to tell you you're good. Um, but that I, kind I never
0: of, knew there was. It was that like a class actually for comedy
4: yeah there's actually a number of classes around now where you can go and uh if you just need a tune-up i, I actually teach a class at crackpots on saturdays <laughs> for just a tune-up <laughs> class
0: but jc you want to go
4: you're already funnier than <laughs> they have to be able to come so
0: <laughs> so uh, so if somebody went to one of those classes, what's probably the first thing the teacher would say to, say to them? You, so you're trying to be funny, huh?
4: Well, a good teacher will actually tell you that it's not up to them to decide if you're funny. The audience will always decide if you're funny. And I think Kevin will back me up on this. Oh, yeah. What we do now, what we've learned over the years is we always get to a show early and look at the crowd And we have a set list in our mind of what we want to do that night, but we modify it on the fly. Because if it's more younger, or if it skews older, or if there's more women or more men, you kind of tweak your set list so that you're not doing stuff that they won't relate to. So the the key is to have the the audience relate to what we're talking about.
0: Kevin Whalen, tell me about you.
5: Well, hello. Thanks for having me. Uh, I started off in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I'm originally from West Virginia. And uh, I was about uh, two years into college when I decided to uh, start stand-up. I was in the middle of reading something that I really didn't want to do, and I thought, what do you really want to do? Well, I want to do comedy. So as soon as the semester was over, I uh, put together my first five minutes, went to Pittsburgh, and uh, tried it for the first time. And like Jay's experience, it was a wild success my first time. Then I bombed about the next 10 to 15 times right in a row. So, it's a great equalizer, comedy. You how know, do you, you cannot feel, have an ego. How
0: do you feel when that happens? I know I've tried telling a few jokes myself and I've had them bomb too, and I'm telling you, it is a bit of a quite a bit of a letdown.
5: <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's easier the older you get because now it's like, ah, oh, bummer, that one didn't Who work. Cares? Oh, well, early on, it might have been a fetal position in the uh, motel room at the end of the evening, <laughs> uh, you know, uh-huh. but uh in a few drinks, but um it gets easier, don't you think, Jay?
4: Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, um, somebody told me you're never as good as you think you are, and you're never as bad as you think you were. So that's right.
5: How we're all mediocre, f- is what uh, what he's saying yeah.
0: there. You touched on it there a minute ago. You said you look at the crowd and you said, but you must have something set in your mind before you go out on stage, right?
4: Oh yeah, yeah. We put together a, a full set list, uh, depending how much time we're doing, and uh, I, again, you just have to play it on the fly a little bit. A lot of comics make it look like they're ad-libbing up there. Um, they're usually not. They usually have something in the back of their mind where they're trying to go with a particular set or what you know, directions they they yeah, want to the go material. in and destinations they want to hit with the audience. I often
0: wonder, though, people like uh, Rodney Dangerfield, for instance, used to come out. He'd come out of the Johnny Carson. He'd never look at any notes, but he'd just rattle those jokes off one after the other. That takes a special kind of mental capability and mental agility
5: yeah that's that's repetition and george carlin was good at that if you listen to him just rattle off 50 60 100 things right in a row boom 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 that's all just memorization putting in the time and the work to get that down pat and uh you think they rehearse it oh yeah absolutely a lot sometimes you can rehearse it so well did you ever hear
0: of an irish comedian named hal roach he probably the didn't. Roy, he's dead now, but I knew him pretty good. And Hal was, um, he was resident at a hotel in Dublin for 25 years, told the same jokes every day. And he'd come <laughs> here to Cleveland and he'd tell the same jokes. But he just knew every single one of them. I did notice, though, when he hit 80 years old, uh, I had him at Lakewood Civic Auditorium and he had uh, pieces of paper on the floor. Joke, some of the jokes <laughs> not the whole joke, but just you know a few words to just um, to jog his memory. But he was still able to do it. And he do a, he do a full hour wow. of those jokes when he was eighty. That's impressive. Yes, that's yeah. my
5: goal too. I want to be. I want to die on stage, however old I am. That's why we're sponsored by the funeral home, right, Gary? I think. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, if we, we die, yeah, we're we're all covered. I, I've what seen kind of,
0: Kevin perform. He has died what, on the stage. <laughs> what is the stage of com- comedy today? What do we, I, I, I think it has changed a bit from where I remember it some years ago.
4: A- absolutely. Um, people used to be not so easily offended. Um, the idea was you went to a comedy show to laugh. Now, that being said, you still get that guy that goes and sits in the front row with his arms folded saying, make me laugh, funny guy. But it, you almost can't be too concerned with offending people anymore. Otherwise, you're not you. And comedy has to be genuine. It has to be personal to really be funny. It has to have
5: a little bit of an edge, too. Even oh. if it's a squeaky clean show, just a little bit of an edge of ridiculousness or something.
0: How about a guy like Don Rickles today? Oh. <laughs> what do you. What do you. What do you survive today?
5: Probably not with the younger crowd. Absolutely not. Anybody under 35 or 40 probably wouldn't be able to take that kind
0: of verbal punch. What kind of jokes do you tell? Fire away. Most of my
4: stuff is uh, family-related, everyday stuff. I talk about my kids, my wife. I'm married to a Mexican, so that allows (laughs) me the flexibility to to talk about Mexicans. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, of course. (laughs) uh, Assuming they're not armed and uh, (laughs) we're not at a family reunion with gunfire. (laughs) <laughs> but um, it's so I, I do. I talk about my family. I've got two kids. I got a couple of grandkids. Uh, for, and, and that's where I get a lot of my humor. Like just recently, one of my my youngest grandson, he was learning to use the, the bathroom and he uh, he couldn't reach the light switch. So we'd have to go in and turn the light on for him whenever he wanted to go in. And when he came out, he'd have to tell us we'd have to turn the light switch off. So he comes out one day and the lights off. And I'm like, I call him sequel, sequel. How'd you turn the light off? He goes, "Oh, I used your toothbrush." So, <laughs> so you know, if you find that cute stuff, and it's like that's okay, cute stuff. I got to make that funny for three hundred people. So yeah,
0: how about you, Kevin?
5: Well, a lot of the same things. I'm a married man with three kids, so I, a lot of family stuff. I've got a lot of things I get from the news and uh, stories and uh, strange hypothetical situations, things I'd like to see happen. Um, You know, for instance, I saw this thing on the news where there was a 111-year-old lady who graduated high school. You know, sometimes I feel like I'm getting old. Maybe I'm getting too old for this. I'm getting too old for that. And you see a news story like that. Like, wow, a 111-year-old lady going back and getting her diploma? What a lazy, procrastinating slug she is, huh? (laughs) 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 Congratulations, but nothing like waiting to the last minute, huh? So that kind of sort of thing. It's just a news story like that
0: that sparked the imagination. Do you ever venture into the political
5: i'm starting i'm feeling the volcano underneath getting ready to come out and um it's coming out little by little lines here and there i'll make a line about biden here and there just to get the gauge of the crowd and it's it's a pretty good uh, reaction occasionally i'll get a crowd that's boo they don't want to hear anything about biden and uh there's about a billion of those people to be honest with you
0: oh yeah well uh, <laughs> bob hope used to do a lot of that didn't he?
5: Yes, he, he did. Always
0: good. Whoever the president was when Bob Hope was doing his show, they exactly. came in for a lot. There were the butt of a lot of jokes, but they're not doing that that much anymore. Exactly.
5: Are they? It's a, well. Look at uh, Saturday Night Live uh, last night. Who'd they go after? They went after Trump. He's been out of office for two years. You telling me the president, <laughs> and the vice president don't have a ton of things that we could poke fun at? Come
0: on. Well, I think the vice president does get her share. <laughs> of, uh, uh, has been the butt of a lot of jokes. That's I think true. so, especially when she laughs. Yes.
5: Yeah. Exactly. yeah. It's my car alarm.
4: Yeah. If, if I could, I'd like to defend Biden. I mean, you know, Kevin, Kevin here obviously doesn't feel the same way I do, but my mom and dad always told me anybody could grow up to be president, and I think Biden
0: proves that. <laughs> <laughs> so you will tell a lot like that. Um, yeah. But I imagine, um, what about the, um, the canceling of people, they talk a lot about that lately. If you tell a joke about Biden and whoever's in charge, they'll say, well, you can't say that. And then you you go to get your next book and or you go to appear for your next book and it says, no, 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 you're not booked here. You're gone.
5: Well, lucky for us, we're too small to be canceled. So that's good. We're kind of the under the canceling radar right now where you can really there's a good market for those people. But just to, to your point, though, um, I guess if you do say something like that or if it does start to happen, I just like to – I think it takes the fun out of comedy if you go in with that mentality that you're worried about being canceled or offending somebody. I think you just have to um, – you have to do your material. You have to be respectful of people, obviously, but uh, at the same time, you can't worry about that sort of thing.
0: Well, uh, when you're going to do this, this show for, uh, for Gary – and it better be good because it must be good because the tickets are selling well. Uh, yes. But in the middle of the show, if it's not going well, I know him. He'd be saying, you're out of here, guys. Oh, yeah. Uh, so uh, wh- what can we expect of that show? Because I'm going to go to that. What? Give us a preview.
4: Well, again, I'm, I'm going to talk about my family. I'll talk about uh, the Mexican me- part. The Mexican part, the Irish part. I talk about my dad. Um, I talk about how uh, he, he passed away recently and I was the executor of, of his estate and as such there's a lot of responsibility and as parents you make sacrifices for your kids and he was no different and I didn't find this out till he passed away but I'm back at his house and I'm up in the attic looking and I found a stamp collection I didn't even know he collected stamps he, he must have put them aside you know to, to raise his kids and so I had to go get the stamps appraised and so I found this expert and I had to be kind of crass. I'm like, look, you know, I'm the executor. You have to tell me what they're worth. And he goes, well, it's hard to put an exact number on these stamps because I haven't seen a collection like this in a long time. But if this were 1972 and you had three more books, you could have gotten a blender. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> tell me, um, what is the risk of telling long jokes? Because somebody told me, Hal Roach told me one time, he says, I try to keep my jokes short. He says the attention span of audiences is maybe 30 seconds. How do you feel about that?
5: I I kind of agree with that. I like to keep things shorter and get right to the point. But if you can if you're a good storyteller and you can punch it up along the way, which I've seen too, you just have to be a really adept storyteller, I think. But I kind of agree with the audience's attention span, especially with phones these days. Quick, 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 straight to the point. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. We're going to take a break here. It's 29 minutes past ten o'clock here on the Irish show on WHK AM 1420. Here's the Dropkick Murphys. Oh, here we go. I love those guys.
6: And it's now.
0: Oh, the Dropkick Murphys here on The Irish Show on WHK, AM 1420, 1032. And uh, I was going to say you can call us, but really, we prefer not to handle any calls today. JC is kind of tied up here, taking the movies, and we're a little, we're a little short on our uh, our staff. But um, anyway, in the studio with us this morning, it's great to have these guys with us. Uh, Kevin Whalen. And Jay Bach are with us, and they're going to have this great show coming up. And, Gary, just repeat it once again, if you're good. Where it's at, it's at in Inwicklough.
3: All right. Thanks, Jerry. It's at the American Legion Post 678 Hall in Willowick. It's April 22nd. Doors open at 7. Show starts at 8. You could contact me for tickets, and they're selling like crazy. I'm going to give that a heads almost up. Almost sold out, huh? Yeah, very close. Uh, my number is four four zero six five five. 7592 and July 29th we have our next show scheduled and again there will be two headliners so if you can't make this one you probably want to get a hold of me early for the next one because these shows will sell like crazy and I don't know if you guys want to talk a little bit about Bill who couldn't make it today and give a little background on Bill
0: tell us about him Hello, this is
5: Kevin again. Yeah. Uh, I've worked with Bill many times. Um in fact his, his he was His name w- is Bill Bill Benden. Bendon. Yeah, he's a Cleveland guy. Um he's been on Sirius Radio. He's worked with Ray Romano, Kevin James, Kevin Hart. Uh he's probably been doing comedy what, thirty years, thirty-five years. One of the first headliners I ever worked with when I first did paid work in this business. And uh it's fun to still be working with him today. The guy's hilarious. You're gonna love it.
3: Good. All right, that's Here, great. One more thing. Our hook for the Celtic Comedy Club is every comedian, although their last name may not always show it, has Celtic roots. So Jay, he gets the, he gets the talent, and he makes sure that everybody has, has some Celtic heritage in them. That's where the Celtic Comedy Club. Okay. Well,
0: with names like Whalen yeah, we're safe today. and O'Connell.
3: <laughs> today we're safe.
0: Why do you go by uh, BOC?
4: Well, when I first started uh, in comedy, I was working for a financial institution, and I had to disclose any additional income that I would have because <laughs> I thought, you know, I'd be retired by now. And uh, so I would sign all my documents at the bank, J-B-O-C, because um, J is for my first name, and then B-O-C is Brian O'Connell. Brian O'Connor. So I'm in comedy for a couple of years, and somebody finally comes to see one of my shows, and they're like, oh, well, you can use your real name. And I'm like, well, it's too late now. I've been Jay Bach for two or three
0: years already. I'm not changing it. So that's where the Jay Bach came from. Oh, I see, I see. I got a very special dedication here, and it's going out to my friend Jim Boland. Jim celebrated his birthday this past week. And uh, I don't think there's anything more appropriate than have his brother. That's his brother, Jake, uh, perform this song for his brother, uh, Jim. And it's The Old Man, it's called. It's Jim's favorite song. And here's Jake to sing it. This is on Jake's CD. entitled. The CD is entitled Jake Boland, Memories of Our Irish Heritage. And here's the, um, this was composed, by the way, by Phil Coulter when his dad passed away at the age of, I think he was 80 when he died. Here's Jake Boland. Jake Boland.
7: The tears have all been shed now We've said our last goodbyes Here hope been blessed and laid to rest And it's now I feel alone He was more than just a father a teacher, my best friend, he can still be heard, and the tunes we share when we played them on our own. I never will forget him, for he made me hear what I am. Though he made. I miss him, the old man. As a boy, he'd take me walking by mountain field and stream. And he'd show me things not known by kings and secrets between him and me. Wish and make a wish beside a holly. The minutes fly and the years roll by for a father and his son. And suddenly, when it happened, there was so much left unsaid. No second chance to tell him thanks for everything is dull.
0: There he is, Jake Boland, here on the Irish show on WHK, AM 1420. It's 1040. And uh, coming in at 11 o'clock, we're going to be hearing from Laura. She's going to be talking about the Dancing and Lunasa, which I am going to see today at the Mall's Perform Performing Arts Center right in University Circle. Looking forward to talking to her. But in the meantime, in the studio here with me this morning. She, are we got. Sullivan. We have J.C. J. Sullivan here. J.C., what, what is that you're got?
1: You going to do? Well, I got a couple shout-outs, Jerry. Okay. I got a shout-out to uh, the ladies at the Akron uh, Hibernian Hall, Katie, uh, Val, and Cindy. And uh, they're lovely girls, and uh, they are there. They'll be there through the uh, St. Patrick's Holiday. Uh, right. They're having their fish fries uh, th- up through March 31st from 5 to 7, and they are now at 2000 Hibernian Way. used to be Brown Street, but they got that renamed for themselves.
0: Hmm. The power
1: of the women again. There you go. (laughs) That's Katie, uh, Val, and Cindy.
0: All right. Great job.
1: They do deserve a good shout-out. Okay.
0: All right. Gary Smirdell brought in some really really nice guys, great comedians there. You're going to hear the show. If you want to hear the whole show, you're going to have to go to the concert right gary Absol- we want we want them to go to the we, we want, people we to want go. them
3: to go and we want them to come every three months we have these shows because
0: you know Cleveland has a has a reputation though of um, some really great comedians coming from Bob hope was one right uh there was uh, there was quite a few others though that I can't recall right now, but i uh, we I pa- we might
3: be sitting with some of the next great ones
0: you yeah, we might be yeah. I think we are they're young guys too compared to me they're young that's yeah, for sure I hear you. So it's uh, it's just um, wonderful having y- you guys this morning, Jabe Brian O'Connell, Jabe Bach. When I when I saw that first, I said Bach. Th- that means something, and you <laughs> explained it earlier. And of course, Kevin Whalen. What uh, uh, again? Give me a sample of what you might do on the night now.
4: Kevin, go ahead.
5: Well, a little sample. Uh You might hear Like, first of all, what I'm going to be doing is coming out and welcoming everybody, getting the show started, uh, making the few announcements. I know he's falling asleep as I'm telling you that. But uh, then we get on with the uh, material, you know, so I'll come out and uh, just, uh, again, sometimes I'll look at the crowd and point out some people, talk to the crowd, get things warmed up, and then uh, then we'll go into some other things, you know, like... um, uh, see, now I'm drawing a blank because I'm on the but spot here, Jay. Mm-hmm. Take us away. Um. <laughs> oh, that's,
0: that's the great thing about, of having two or three people. Will you be all on stage at the same time?
5: No, no. I'll start things off, and then I'll introduce Jay. And then uh, I'll be up and down uh, the whole evening. And then I'll bring up uh, Bill Benden, and uh, I'll do probably 15, 20 minutes of material uh, throughout the whole evening. And then uh, Jay will come up. You probably do, what, 40 or something like that? Yeah, 35? probably
0: 40, 45. Uh, will you have all this in your... Head before I'm all rehearsed.
4: That depends on how much I drink before the show. Okay, It's yeah. uh,
0: a good idea. The the intent is to have it in my head, but
4: sometimes it spills out as the alcohol. You got to prop them up and, sometimes. Yeah. So
0: what does happen when you draw that blank in the middle of the mid- You're telling a joke, and then the next one is f- is to follow, and all of a sudden there's a blank. What but, do you do?
4: Well, I, I think we've all been there. We'll oh, we'll mess up the punchline, a joke you've told a hundred times, and for some reason that night. It just comes out wrong, or because in comedy you you have your premise and your setup and your punchline, and sometimes you'll you'll throw in the punchline before you do the premise or the setup, <laughs> and it's like, oh wait a minute, this this doesn't work
0: well. Who's your favorite comedian today?
4: I don't know if anybody knows him as a comedian, but Bob Newhart was always a guy oh who yeah, influenced me. Oh my me. gosh, yeah. I just thought he was so
0: creative with with his phone bits, and, and that, that, but I mean today is brand. Uh group of comedians. Yeah, for instance, you have Greg Gutfield, which I think oh is yeah. one of the cleverest yeah. comedians today. But he's more than a, a, a comedian. He's a um, Like a late-night late host. A commentator. Yeah. yeah, he's the number one show on late-night television now.
4: Bill yeah. Benden's one of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Mine, too.
8: Oh, yes. Good yeah. local but guy.
4: At least he will be for the next month or two. Yeah.
0: But are so there, are there a, a new flock of comedians? I don't think there are.
5: Well, yeah, there's always new people coming up, but uh, I like um, like Jim Jeffries. He's an Australian guy. He's very mm-hmm. funny. Um, I like uh, Tom Segura. He's another one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been on the scene Never probably for, for quite a while. But, yeah, he's on Netflix, Tom Segura, and um, oh, a fairly new guy. Yeah, he's a
4: storyteller type of comedian, very funny. That, that's the interesting thing about comedy. Um, years ago, I used to be partners in a comedy club called Bogey's, and our whole premise was we would bring in the funniest comics you've never heard of because there's a whole crop of great comedians out there who just tour the country. Um, and they're working every week at the different clubs and colleges and venues, but they just haven't had that big break yet. But they're hysterical. And it's now that the whole COVID thing is over and people are actually going to shows again. You can you can catch some great comics. A guy named Bill Baranke was just in oh, yeah. town at one of the clubs, who is just killing it. And we came up with Bill, and Bill just you know his his star caught on fire, and he's been doing great. So
3: he used to be the sportscaster. At, uh,
0: yeah,
4: yeah, he was later
3: or whatever back in the day.
4: Right. They, but they,
3: isn't
0: there, a lot of popular comedy today is very vulgar, though. I've watched some of it on television, and, and I just can't watch it. And I, I think I've seen it all. I've heard every vulgarity in the world. But at the same mm-hmm. time, I don't find it entertaining on television.
5: I kind of agree with that. I mean, I think, uh you know, if it's used for an emphasis or something like that or to make the joke better, fine. But if it's just uh, vulgarity for the sake of vulgarity, and I'm, I'm of with you there. That? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and at this point, can you be shocked by and anything? You just want good material.
0: And some of the some of the women too that do oh, comedy, yeah. they're they're worse than the men.
5: Oh yeah, that's that's the new thing. Absolutely, yeah. It's uh, it's emulate all the worst behaviors of men. I guess. All
4: that's right. Well, ke- Kevin ke- and I do a lot of shows together, and we've done everything um, from senior centers to uh, church gigs. I just did a church gig this past weekend, and I have found that working clean. Get you more gigs, plus it pays Absolutely. better because there's not a lot of comics that can go out and do 45 minutes of clean material. Right. Uh, that's right. So, in fact, you want to tell the. Our, our senior center story about when they uh, asked us back, that what their one criticism oh,
5: yeah. was? Yeah, the one criticism is that we weren't dirty enough when we went to a senior center. <laughs> we did a four o'clock in the afternoon show, and we weren't dirty enough, so they booked us again
4: to make it dirtier. We, we were like, more "What v-
0: more vulgar?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that yeah.
4: Well, uh, but it turns out after we did the dirty show, they they weren't real happy with the dirty show, so they really did want it clean. There was just a couple residents that wanted it dirtied up. So, no I'm kidding.
0: Well, it's great having you guys, and um, I hope to see you at the show, at the Celtic Comedy Club, and that is Saturday, April the twenty-second, at the American Legion Hall, six seventy-eight Hall. It's five, it's uh, five seventy East 328th Street, yeah. right on Euclid Avenue, right. It's just off Fine Street. Uh, it's off Fine Street, <laughs> right? Yeah, in
3: Willowick. Yeah. Okay. Well,
0: well, Gary, thanks for bringing these guys in. Well, Bring thanks them back for having sometime. us, Jerry. Uh, bring him back sometime. I never had
3: comedians on the program before. Well, it's we great. we have a show coming up in July. I'd love to come back well, with well, that group. Come on back. You're
0: always welcome. Yeah, All uh, right. It is ten
3: forty-six. Before we leave, yeah. I just want to say, I talked to you earlier. You know, rest in peace, Frank preto Everybody knew him. Oh yeah. You know, great guy. And my wife's here with me today, Janice Bernal, leader of the Celtic Nations Ladies Drill Team. You'll see him in Akron. Lake County and the Cleveland Parade this year. So that's great. God right? bless. Good luck. We're looking ladies.
0: forward to that big, big month coming up here in Cleveland. It is ten forty-nine here on God the way. Irish Show. Now we're going to hear from some of our sponsors. Here's this message from John O'Neill at O'Neill Healthcare. When
9: locating the right care for your elderly mom or dad, look no further. O'Neill Healthcare has been providing outstanding elder care in Cleveland's west side for more than fifty years. Whether needing assisted living memory support, independent living, skilled nursing, hospice care, dialysis, or rehabilitative therapies, we are here for you. Our team of physicians, nurses, and therapists deliver personalized care with compassion and quality at the forefront. You have peace of mind knowing they are with extraordinary people who provide exceptional care. O'Neill Healthcare is always improving the care of older adults and is the trusted choice for your loved ones. For more information about O'Neill Healthcare or to schedule a tour at one of our five facilities, please contact us at 440 808 5500 Or visit us online at O'NeillHc.com. Sean and
0: Michelle Lackey, they have a wonderful pub in Valley City, Ohio. It's called Gandalf, so I suggest you go to it. You love the food, you love the atmosphere, and Sean is a wonderful host. Here they are to tell you about it.
10: The best European-style pub is nearby at Gandalf's in Valley City. Whether you're in for brunch, lunch, or dinner, the chef's-inspired menu will cast a spell of deliciousness, keeping you coming back for more. Plus, live entertainment, a large craft beer selection, and great service make Gandalf's Pub one of the area's liveliest gathering spots. For great food and fun, it's Gandalf's Pub and Restaurant. Watch right Trio Tree in Valley City.
11: Top of the morning. Western Reserve Group has proudly served Ohio for over 100 years.
10: Their mission has been to provide families with quality insurance protection for their home, auto, business, and farm. For more
12: information about Western Reserve Group, contact your local Western Reserve Group independent insurance agent or go to their website at www.wrg-ins.com to find an agent
0: near you.
9: Improve your golf
3: game with golf tech. Take the next step to a better game with equipment and custom fitting with the latest technology. Golf tech has six area locations. Your golf game goes further with golf tech. Visit one of Northeast Ohio's golf tech locations or go to golftech.com. Golf tech
8: proven path to proven results. Hi, I'm Mike Joyce from Joyce Buick GMC inviting you to visit our dealership for a new Buick or GMC. Joyce has a great selection of new Buicks and GMCs in stock, and we're offering you the best in pricing and customer care. Come see why Buick is the fastest-growing car manufacturer in the U.S. Joyce Buick GMC, serving you for over 45 years.
0: That's right, folks. There's no better place to buy a new or a used car or a new or a used truck than Joyce Buick GMC. Mike and Sean Joyce, they're on the premises every day. You can stop in and see them at 38039 Chester Road right off I-90. Uh, also, they have greatest, like, the greatest selection in the state of Ohio. You can see it all on drivejoyce.com. That's the web- website, drivejoyce.com. Stop. Okay, 10:53 here on the Irish Show, WHK AM, 14:20. Uh, we um, in the Irish community, we um, we lost somebody really special, and that is Pat McNay this past week. Um, Pat Pat and Judy traveled to Ireland with me several times. Pat retired from the fire department, then I just love this um, this card that was uh, printed for his funeral. It says, Brother John Petty McNeigh, firefighter, born June the 16th, 1935, appointed January the 2nd, 1962, retired February the 22nd, 1992, last alarm February the 21st, 2023. And then on the back of it, it has the firefighter's prayer. I don't know if you ever heard this or not and it goes like this when I am called to duty God wherever flames may rage give me strength to save a life whatever be its age. Help me embrace a little child before it is too late or save an older person from the horror of that fate. Enable me to be alert and hear the weakest shout quickly and efficiently to put the fire out. I want to fill my calling to give the best in me to guard my friend and neighbor and protect his property, and if, according to your will, I must answer death's call, bless with your protecting hand, my family, one and all. That's called the firefighter's prayer. I hadn't seen that before, but anyway Pat was um, Pat was just one of the most wonderful people. You'd ever want to meet. He and Judy were such a joy to have them with us on our tour of Ireland a few years ago. And uh, he passed away this past week. I couldn't make it to the funeral, unfortunately. I wasn't uh, feeling great myself uh, yesterday. But anyway, I want to extend our sympathies, our sincere sympathy from the radio program here to all the McNea family and, and their relatives, and, and there are many. Everyone knows that Pat was a bagpiper. He played at so many funerals, weddings, funerals, just countless. So I think it's appropriate that I play some bagpipe music from... This was recorded... This bagpipe music was recorded by the Great Lakes Pipe Band, and they're all local people here in Cleveland. Here they are with a selection of bagpipe music. Michael Crawley is actually in this also. ¶¶ That is the Great Lakes Pipe Band. That was recorded here in Cayman. Let's just continue on, bringing us up to the top of the hour by the same group. Here's Amazing Grace.
8: WHK, Cleveland, a service of Salem Media Group, broadcasting from the Discount Drug Mart Studios. Proud to be celebrating over 50 years as your hometown pharmacy.
0: Is a great one for sure. That was Pat McNeil and that was in memory of the great Pat McNay. To Judy and to all the McNeil family, our sincere sympathy. I want to mention our good friend Vince's Barbershop. They're located at, uh, on Lakeshore Boulevard at 18324 Lakeshore Boulevard. I'm saying to the men that are listening and the women also... The barbershop is not only a barbershop, it is also Beachland Hair Design for the ladies, so husbands and wives go there, men and women go to it. So make sure, if you're thinking of getting a haircut especially, or your hair trimmed or whatever you want for St. Patrick's Day, make sure you go to Vince's Barbershop and Beachland Hair Design at 183 24 Lakeshore Boulevard in Cleveland, right down the street from St. Joe's High School. Uh, we have the director... Director of Dancing at Lunasa, which is a famous movie, a famous famous play, and uh, a lot of people like me and Lara agree that on the stage is always the best place to really explore all all this. Lara, welcome to the program. Great to have you.
11: Thank you so much. Yeah, uh,
0: you are. Uh, you're not only a, a director; you're a, an actress. Now, which do you prefer, being an actor or <laughs> being a, a director? <laughs>
11: I I think I have to say actress. I've been doing that most of my life, but I feel pretty blessed that I'm getting the opportunity to direct more and more because you have just so much control over the process, and that's really delightful. How did you get tangled up with this Irish stuff? (laughs) I think Cleveland might think I'm Irish. (laughs) I've actually, um, the first Irish character that I got to play was in 2012, and that was Josie Hogan in Moon for the Misbegotten by Eugene O'Neill. And I actually repeated that role again not too long ago. But um, yeah, I've played a couple of Irish characters, and I just love it so very much. And I've I've loved this play by Brian Friel since I was only 20 years old in, in college. Oh, it's uh, it's pretty famous, and it must be if they made a movie out of it. uh, Merle Streep,
0: sure, right, right. Um, The actors in the play, uh, where
11: did you get them from? So, um, this is Case Western Reserve University's undergraduate program, um, so all of the actors on stage today um, are from the undergraduate program. They're all they're all actually uh, acting minors, I think, for the most part. An old-American-born we'll program. Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We're doing our best with the dialect. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of, I joked with my husband. You can't I was change like,
0: it too much, though.
11: So. Right, right, right. No, we're, we're doing our best. I, I kind of, you know, we have we have so many Irish folks, r- real Irish folks coming to see the show. I'm like, be gentle on us, you know? <laughs> we're doing our best.
0: Uh, It's a beautiful theater. I've never been in it, but I've heard a lot about it. It's the old synagogue, isn't it?
11: Well, um, there was was actually additional theaters uh, built on to that old synagogue. So there's a large auditorium proscenium stage, uh, the Row Green, and we are in the black box, which is called the Call Bearer Stage.
0: And that is uh, at the corner. It's right near to Chester and 105th, 105th. right? Yeah, yep. And you Um, can park on 101st
11: (coughs) for free little uh, FYI. how many uh how many actors are in the play eight there's yeah. five women and three men and they're
0: all young people from
11: they're they are they're all young some of them as young as eighteen years old and uh you know the play is it's it's really supposed to be about five women who are between i think the youngest is supposed to be twenty six and the eldest is forty. Five so sisters. Five yeah. sisters. Yeah. yeah so uh,
0: I, I, I vaguely remember. It's been so long since I saw it. Oh, it's so beautiful. Um, it's Brian Friel, he was um, quite a famous Irish playwright.
11: Yeah, he. yeah. You know it. any other plays that he wrote? Um, the play I think that is most produced, certainly second to *Lunasa*, would be *Translations*. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But *Lunasa* has to be his. You know.
1: D- Did he write from the
11: you know, I'd have to check. I don't think so, but I'm not sure. I mean, That's no, worth a check. I don't think so. Yeah, no, I don't think you wrote that. Um,
0: do a quick check on how, that. Did you? Uh, how did you uh, find these people to get them to be in the play? Did they just come to you and say, I, "I'd like to be in this play," or did you put a, a bulletin out on campus saying, "Come on, I'm going to do this Irish play"?
11: Oh, sure. Um, well, it's it's their theater department, so um, they. Oh, I'm, I see. I'm, I'm sure that they they're required to to audition. For the shows, uh, but I can't tell you how lucky I feel that the people who walked in did. There's an there's an incredibly handsome character, and he's just you know so suave. Oh yes, it's you. <laughs> Your co-host is pointing at it. It's me. Um, and and we just we had the handsomest man just walk into the audition room. I was like, oh my goodness, like we're we're good on that one. And and all of the sisters, their their you know their characters and nuances, and these young actors who came in and just nailed it. I I felt now, blessed. Did you,
0: did you say? And the person, uh, various people came in. Sure. I think you'd be suitable for this role. You'd be suitable for that. Did anybody yeah. come in and says, I want to play this part?
11: Yes, and didn't, and got cast as something else. Yeah, yeah. So you
0: had the ultimate, you were the ultimate decider. Yes, yeah.
11: And that's what makes directing a little bit better than acting, because you have so much control over it. Whereas as an actor, I mean, you just have to... You know, you have to hope that, that well, what they would want you, do? you. Would you
0: get it? Would you get them to read lines, particular lines, and say, um, and then you'd be listening, and saying, "Oh God, this this person doesn't suit this at all."
11: Sure, Is I that mean, that the way it works. That definitely happens. Um, and I, I would imagine I, most of the other shows I've directed, it was a little bit more difficult of a casting process. But this one, like I'm saying, I was I was just <laughs> blessed from the get go. You know, like as soon as they walked in, these five, they just. They fell into place so perfectly. How about the one that uh, plays Meryl Streep's part? Oh, that woman is actually a chemical engineer. She is in, I I forget what year she is, but she's getting her degree in chemical engineering, and she is a phenomenal young actress. Yeah. She may never do any chemistry. I told her her parents would be so mad at me. (laughs) But you know, be a very different career path. But I think that she should definitely pursue. I think all of them should continue, um, continue to play on the stage. Did you pick the play? I did. Uh, why, why did you I, do that? I did sort of. Uh, the The chair of the department asked me for a list of, you know, I think it was like a dozen place um all from different genres different time periods and lunasa was has always been on my list so that was that was at the top of my list and they ultimately chose it to fit in with their season and you know the the students that they have um they have to make sure that whatever cast um, is required, could be fulfilled by the department. So they ultimately chose it, but it was top of my list. Did
0: they cho- choose it because, or did you choose it because it was going to be around St. Patrick's Day?
11: I didn't. I no? didn't. No, I didn't know. But quite a, yeah.
0: You could have done it any time. Yeah, you sure. You would have you 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 picked it. Sure. Um, are you working
11: on something else now, a, a, next, a next play? Um, actually, it's it's just more, more Irish Good stuff. <laughs> um, I filmed a play during the pandemic. It was supposed to be a it was supposed to be a live performance written by um, an amazing local playwright, Christopher Johnston. Oh, I know. I know. Chris. Yeah. OK. You, I had him on the program. Here. OK. Um, that's kind of how how I'm here. Um, is that the Mary Mulligan? It is Mary uh, Mulligan. So um, it's it's a heartbreaking, beautiful Funny play that we had to. We were lucky enough to turn into a film because we certainly couldn't do anything in 2020. Um, so that's March 11th, and it's in Waterloo. Oh my goodness! I have the I have the name of the place. Tree Lawn. I want to say it's the Tree Lawn Center in Waterloo.
0: Yeah, it's right near the Beachland Ballroom. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Do you know my coin? Mike uh, Coyne? <coughs> Mike Mike is the president of an organization that I I belong to it, oh. and we are partially funding. That movie. Oh my we gosh! It.
11: it all makes sense the ascension I, of Mary Mulligan. The Reiser. ascension of Mary Mulligan, and the place is the Trelawne Social Club, and that's just it's. <coughs> a, I believe it's at six o'clock on March 11th that 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 film is going to get a showing, but th- through that film, I, I ended up with live Irish musicians, Andy McManus. And his friends, they're playing. Tessa, Tessa. yeah, and Tessa, they're they're playing my Lunasa every single performance, the half hour. I'm looking forward to seeing them today. Yeah, so that's, I mean, that's really one of the things I wanted to emphasize coming on the program today. And thank you for having me. But um, come early, come come a half of an hour early because today the show starts at three two thirty. Andy McManus and his friends will be there Mm -hmm. playing. It's so amazing. What an addition.
0: Yeah, I think Mike Coyne is coming in next week to talk about Mary Mulligan. Oh my gosh! I, th- <laughs> I think she, I think he is now, but he, I told him you were coming on today. Oh, cool! And he says when he heard the name, he says, "Oh, she's she's acting in in the movie." Yeah, yeah. So, what part do you play in that movie? I, right. I don't want to get off track. Too well, that's much all here. right.
11: I played the titular character, Mary Mulligan. Mary Mulligan. Yeah. Huh. So and it, how long is it? It's, it's short though, right? It's not a long movie. The film, no, it's uh, I I want to guess it's like seventy minutes, something yeah, okay. like that. Yeah. Okay, but that's uh, that's coming
0: up later Michael yeah. will talk about that next week um, but our ticket sales fairly decent for this for for,
11: for Luna yes um, we're in the black box like I said before uh, and that's it can be arranged all kinds of different ways you can move the seats around as you want as we were designing the set but I wanted it to be intimate so we we don't have a ton of seats. Um, I wish I knew the exact number but it's it's pretty easy to sell out and we were sold out last night and on Friday night.
0: Not sold out today for 3.30, I hope, because I'm I, planning on going. I, haven't so, I think it starts yet. at 3, so yeah. come at 2.30 so, if you oh, can. I'll be there at 2.30, see, yeah. see Andy and Tessa. Yes. They're, they'll be playing beforehand. Yeah. I'm going to play some music, and then we're going to be back and talk more with Lara about her career. I love having actors and actresses on the program. God Be With today. As Kevin McGinty. He used to be here when I was just telling Lara about Kevin. She didn't know him. I wish she had because he would just love to be here Right now, Kevin McGinty, the late, great Kevin McGinty. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, though, here's, um, here's a group called Four Men and a Dog. We Irish put strange names on, on <laughs> music. You know that, Lara. But here it is, Four Men and a Dog, and this is called the Wee Johnny Set. There they are, Four Men and a Dog, here on the Irish Show on W 1420. We're going to be talking more with, Lara, how was the proper way to pronounce your last name?
11: Mel Carrick. Mel Carrick. Everyone I think thinks I'm, I'm Irish, so I might go to Mick Carrick. Mick Carrick. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Listen, I just found out she's a teacher at St. Ignatius High School also. Oh yeah. That's really something. Yeah. Uh, boy, you're you're in there with the Jesuits. I am. Oh, my they're, gosh.
11: They're good people to begin with. Smart. Yeah, sure.
0: <laughs> uh, they guide the world don't they are they're they used to anyway what's that they used into? to be the guidance the guidance counselors of the world at, uh, in the in the old days I don't know if they still are or not you know they're, they're, they're great teachers and great academics yeah uh, the Jesuits
11: yeah it's a beautiful place to work I'm very lucky to be there yeah okay
0: uh, so, anyway, how did you get started in the, uh, did you start, you started in acting, obviously.
11: Yeah, in, in high school, I mean, I did high school theater. I went to uh, Kent State University for my undergrad, and I got a BFA in acting, and me and uh, the greatest group of, of actor friends all moved to New York City at, you know, just from the suburbs of Ohio <laughs> at 22 years old, so we, we did the best we could there, and I ended up uh, getting my master's from Penn State. Um, and then I moved home to Cleveland. I, I I tried to go back to New York, but my heart was never isn't there.
0: It, isn't it really taking a chance? You know, you're not going to make the big money right yeah. out of school like that. Yeah, weren't you? Weren't you a bit of a chancer to do that? Huh? You
11: oh, you got to be. You got to be. Uh, you know, to do theater at all uh, as a, you know, and to say this is this is going to be my life. You have to be a little bit mad. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, then you. How long did you do the acting? I've, I'm still acting. Oh, so. you still? Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, the director knows something that has come yeah. up recently. Is it? it? It sort of, it sort of snuck up and started running parallel. I was an adjunct instructor at Cleveland State for some years, and I got to direct a lot of workshop um, shows over there. And then, strangely enough, I've directed a lot in prison. <laughs> I have um, a Shakespeare behind bars program out of the women's prison, um, where I turn uh, female inmates into Shakespearean actors, and we put up shows. So, um, I and you would get an interest in yeah. the, in the prisons. Oh my goodness! Oh yeah. yeah, it's it's incredible. I've been doing that since 2015. But um, what's so amazing is like coming into Case and coming into Lunasa, like I had a budget. And there were there were <laughs> designers, these amazing designers uh lighting designers and and stage designers costume designers and i 'm used to you know I, I just had to pretend like you know i i 'm used to this you know but <laughs> i really i'm used to i'm used to having nothing to work with oh, so uh, it it 's been amazing that's that's
0: that's great we're going to talk more about the play itself I wanted to d- dive into the subject matter of the play a bit if you could. Oh, sure. You could do that when we come back. I have to get some music in. All these people listening out there <laughs> just go nuts if I don't play some music. Uh, here's, um, let me see, I'm I just going to pull one from uh, here's Nancy Griffith. She's one of my favorite singers and she's a great, great songwriter. It's called Trouble in the fields. She was from Houston, Texas actually, just died last year. Great songwriter, great performer. Here she is. Trouble in the Fields. There she is, Nancy Griffith. It's eleven, it's eleven twenty-two here on the Irish Show on WHK AM fourteen twenty. Let's go to New Orleans. Here's the moon on Clancy's wing.
13: Last night I tried to sing an Irish love song But it wasn't really coming from the heart Till my memory took me back again To a small bar in New Orleans Where an old man played the violin And I sang and played guitar I was just a country boy The old man's name was Clancy And see, lit a fire in me He made me sing and dance I was young and he had hair of silver We charmed the hard-earned leather off their shoes And the toil-worn men from here to Oklahoma Would sit and ache with longing As we sang the songs of Aaron Of warrior priests and minstrel kings Of hearts and harps and heroes Clancy's dancing fingers Would wrap them in a spell When Clancy played the violin He set my heart to music The words fell out like tears while heaven whispered in the strings At night when the bars are closing And the drunks begin to sing It's not the Milky Way they see It's the moon on Clancy's wing. One warm September morning, Clancy took me by the hand He bowed his head and whispered, lad, I'm going home The old bow arm is cramping up, the finger's slowing down I can't take another winter on the road Three years on a letter came, postmarked Donegal It had followed me around the world And found me in St. Paul A closely written careful hand Said Clancy's played his final tune He must have loved him dearly To have taken him so soon When Clancy played the violin He set my heart to music Words fell out like tears While heaven whispered in the strings At night when the bars are closing And the drunks begin to sing It's not the Milky Way they see It's the moon on the wings Each night when the bar is closing This drunk begins to sing not the Milky Way I see, it's the moon on and sees away.
9: When locating the right care for your elderly mom or dad, look no further. O'Neill Healthcare has been providing outstanding elder care in Cleveland's West Side for more than 50 years. Whether needing assisted living, memory support, independent living, skilled nursing, hospice care, dialysis, or rehabilitative therapies, we are here for you. Our team of physicians, nurses, and therapists deliver personalized care. With compassion and quality at the forefront. You have peace of mind knowing they are with extraordinary people who provide exceptional care. O'Neill Healthcare is always improving the care of older adults and is the trusted choice for your loved ones. For more information about O'Neill Healthcare or to schedule a tour at one of our five facilities, please contact us at 440 808 or visit us online at o'neillhc.com improve your golf game with golf
3: tech take the next step to a better game with equipment and custom fitting with the latest technology golf tech has six area locations your golf game goes further with golf tech visit one of northeast ohio's golf tech locations or go to golftech.com. golftech. golf tech proven path to
8: proven results. Hi, I'm Mike Joyce from Joyce Buick GMC, inviting you to visit our dealership for a new Buick or GMC. Joyce has a great selection of new Buicks and GMCs in stock, and we're offering you the best in pricing and customer care. Come see why Buick is the fastest-growing car manufacturer in the U.S. Joyce Buick GMC, serving you for over 45 years.
0: So, Joyce Buick GMC, that's where you should buy your new or used car for sure. See Mike or Sean Joyce. You can call them on the phone at 440 934 Or you can visit them at 380-39 Chester Road, right off uh I ninety in Avon, Ohio. That's right. Joyce Buick, GMC. Uh it is eleven twenty-nine here on the Irish program on WHK AM fourteen twenty. In the studio with me is Laura Mil-Mil-Mil-Karrick. <laughs> Mill Carrick. Carrick, Laura <laughs> Mill Carrick, director of the great play. This is a classic, folks. You wanna see it. Laura, we better find out I want to find out for you now how many how many days or weeks are we going to have to play uh, uh,
11: the performances? Yeah, so um, any school production, uh, college or otherwise, they're short runs. So unfortunately, there's only four more chances to see it, today being one of them. Um, so and n- next? Uh, no, just today at oh. 3 o'clock. Oh yep just the matinee on Sundays, and then next weekend is our second and last weekend um so only Friday, Saturday night, those shows start at seven thirty with the band beginning at seven and Sundays again at three o'clock uh band starts at two thirty
0: uh would you um do a kind of a brief brief outline of the story of uh, dancing at oh my goodness
11: well um it's, it's almost magical realism at times because it's a story that is told as a memory play uh, through the eyes of a narrator. So the narrator is um, one of the sister's sons. So it's his memory of his mother and his aunt's. Um, in 1936, uh, Ireland. And they mention Donegal a lot, but they, they made up a little town called Ballybeg, and that's where they all are. But the narrator keeps cutting in and, and, you know, just sort of reminding us that we're looking back on these scenes that he remembers. And that's really what, what makes it so hauntingly beautiful to Was me. Was there
0: any scene in that <laughs> that really grabbed you, That just says, you see, i never forget that?
11: Oh the scene where you first meet Jerry, the scene where you first meet the narrator's um father is really a beautiful scene um and it's it's awfully fun and funny before he comes in because you know not to spoil anything. <laughs> it's just a small thing, but you know they they announce that they see him coming up the lane and and the young the young girl Chrissy who's michael's mother um the narrator, this is, I tell this tale byly. Um, she She just, she hasn't seen him in a year and, you know, He. she had this son out of wedlock and, uh, the, but all of the sisters are so nervous to see him because he's this, you know, there's not a lot of men around and he's this good looking, this good looking guy who comes into town once in a while, so um, the scene that precedes that with the sisters all trying to get ready uh, for him to be around and some of them really hate him and because he, you know, walked out on her and Um, you know other ones are are more excited to see him most of all Chris being so nervous but that scene between the two of them it's it's the longest scene in the play and I just I love it I think it's so beautiful how about the sets how did you deal with that My goodness gracious. So I had um, a guy named Todd Plone um, and I right from the beginning, from from the beginning of January, just talking about how we could arrange the space because, again, it's it's a black box. You can do whatever you want with it. So, you know, I had this vision and then he added his vision and. My goodness did this this set has to be the most beautiful set I have seen in so long and it's and it's student made you know they're everybody's coming in to to get you know some credit some points toward um toward building the set and uh it's just gorgeous. I mean, they they made a tree. They, there's like there's a tree on stage, and, and um you know their kitchen, their 1936 little cottage kitchen, and it's all so authentic and gorgeous.
0: Is the um in 1936 mm-hmm. Ireland was a
11: poor country?
0: Mm-hmm. Is that evident? in absolutely. the
11: Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. At one point, one of the characters says, "And here's the dilemma: we only have three eggs between the seven of us." They're planning it. They're planning to have dinner, and it's a quick moment. But there's enough quick moments like that that you really you get the sense of you know of lack. But um, I, I would
0: t- not say though. And again, I'm I'm going by memory. It's a while since I've since I've uh, seen the the play. Uh, you know, there was a a movie just came out recently called The Banshees of Inception, In and uh, a lot of people says to me it's very dark. Dark type of uh, a movie. I I I I won't ask your opinion on it right now. But I love when it. you <laughs> walk out of, of Lunasa, um, you're not you're not feeling bad about it, right?
11: No, no, well, and that's. Um, I think that was the first conversation that I had with the actors. Is you can really screw this play up <laughs> because it's beautiful, it's haunting, it's funny. But it's heartbreaking. It's a heartbreaking sure. play. You learn what happens to these women um, and their family, uh, you know. Um, but I wanted to steer out of that because you can't lean too hard on on the drama of it or else you lose all the other joy, all the other aspects that, you know, this is very real and palpable between these sisters and their family. Um, so I we were all surprised at how how many laughs we're getting. We're almost, you know, the actors are learning to to hold a little bit for audience laughter because I'm like, you're going to be surprised. There's there's a lot of funny, funny things in this play. I think you'll leave um, satisfied. Um,
0: Freel is a different type of writer, I would say, than McDonough. McDonough mm-hmm. that wrote The Banshees. A lot of his stuff is kind of dark. Freel's not like that.
11: No, I don't think so. But I I wouldn't pretend to know Brian Friel's whole body of work. But certainly not this play. This play, like I was saying, it just, it has a lot of, um, it feels authentic. You know, it, it's, it has a lot of humor. And, uh, you know, you can really feel these deep, deep relationships. Um, and that often comes with a lot of humor, you know. <laughs> Well, listen. We hope the uh, the actors and
0: actresses in this play that they go on to great things. Certainly, yeah. Probably that chemical engineer. Her parents won't. They, you're right. They probably won't like you very well. I know. If she goes goes <laughs> uh, goes to Broadway and becomes an actress. I know. I know. Uh, we were talking there about Deirdre Ring. Deirdre, that um, um, she's she's a great actress, isn't she? Local. She's she's a Brendan I, Ring's uh, I,
11: sister. Absolutely. Yeah. Or yeah.
0: Yeah, I did. I I I don't think you knew it, but she did tour with the with the uh, stage production of Dracula. She toured the whole country in that.
11: I think she has she has quite the resume. I know that she was at the Abbey Theater with Vincent Dowling. Um, she's just she's one of those people that makes it. You didn't know Vincent. No, but she's one of those people that that makes it worth it to be a part of Cleveland theater. You just have these incredible heavy hitters that you're like man this is this is as worthy a town as anywhere yeah. you know
0: but you know something a lot of people wouldn't uh, associate case mm. with uh
11: theater at all oh well they certainly should their their mfa program is renowned uh Research. they're yeah they're they're I part of the playhouse they um they they perform at playhouse square uh yeah that's a that's a tremendous uh, mfa program their their bfa program i think is a little bit less less known or their ba program their undergraduate program um but i i'm going to be catching more shows there after after having worked there as a guest guest director
0: now, if there's anybody listening to the program that would like to get into the acting business, you <laughs> t- you teach it at. Um, I d- I oh don't
11: no. actually. I used to teach acting, but now I'm. Oh, you teach public yeah. speaking now. Yeah, and you. Yeah. you I, I don't know. It's hard to get into St. Ignatius. You have to be. It is. Oh, you have to be okay. under eighteen and a boy. So there's oh, that. Oh, that's that, that's <laughs> uh, that's right.
0: Well, I I just Laura, I hope it's um it's it's a huge success so far. Though you're happy enough with the attendance, absolutely,
11: yeah, oh yeah. We we had I to I had to lay out some extra seats last night, uh, three, because some folks drove from West Virginia, I think, to see to see one of the kids in the play. And I was like, I'm, I'm, we'll make it work. We'll add some extra seats. So it is only, I looked it up, it is only a 70-seat theater. So do get tickets ahead of time if you can. Um, and it's just case.edu forward slash Malts Center. And Maltz is M-A-L-T-Z Um, And then that will guide you to tickets. Tickets are also only $10, so. Yeah, Yeah.
0: they're reasonable. Well, I I am going this afternoon. I hope I can, after the program, I'll do that. JC, write that down for me, would you? Because what she said. Oh, I got it for
11: you. I'll send it to you. Okay, (laughs) all right,
0: great, great. All right, Laura, it's 1138 here on the Irish Show, WHK AM. 1420. We're going to come back and we'll just um, give some final instructions for people to get there. Hey, Jerry, before we do,
1: we had a call from the Irish uh, Mother of the Year. Oh, did you? Uh, Bridgie. She she complimented everyone on last night's uh, gathering at the Westside Club, and in particular, uh, John O'Brien. And uh, it was just a lovely show, uh, uh, a lot of music. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it was great. Spirit, so she was very, very thrilled with it. And we'll see her next Sunday here. Okay, yeah, they're
0: all going to be here next Sunday. That's right. Here's a great song. Laura, you might like this by a group called Solus, and it's called A Girl in the War. Beautiful, beautiful music. And don't forget, today performing will be Andrew McManus uh, and his band. Mm-hmm. They're going to be there today starting at. 2:30 Two thirty to thir- three. Yeah, thirty. It'll be on a half an hour. Pina said to Paul, You know all those
12: words we wrote. They're just the rules of the game, and the rules are the first to go. And now talking to God. to peter you gotta rock yourself a little harder pretend the dove from above is a dragon and your feet are
0: That's the group called Solace, Girl in the War, it's called, here on the Irish Show. You know, for generations, Chambers Funeral Home has been a part of the great history of Northeast Ohio. Providing meaningful funeral services what Chambers strives to provide. Pre-planning your future funeral arrangement is a wise and sensible choice in estate planning, and Chambers can help assist you and your family. From traditional burial services to cremations, the funeral directors at Chambers are skilled in assisting families of all faiths and financial abilities. Please call Chambers Funeral Home at 216-251-6566 or visit them at chambersfuneral.com they would be honored to discuss all of the many options available to you and your family as we commemorate a life well lived. Chambers Funeral Homes are proud to be family-owned and operators and helping greater Cleveland families since 1933. There are three locations in the Cleveland area now to serve you. You can call them at 216-251-6566. I hope to be uh, able to see... um, See you folks, or some of you, at um, Dancing at Lunaset today. But Laura was just saying that it it might even be sold out already because it's not a big theater. Right, it's only 70 seats. 70 seats. But if you miss it today, you can sing it next Saturday, right?
11: Yep, Uh, next weekend, Friday and Saturday night, um, Curtain is at 7.30, so the show starts at 7.30, but come at 7 to hear Andy McManus and friends, and then uh, our final show will be a week from today, the matinee on Sunday, again at 3 o'clock.
0: Okay, great. Laura, thanks for coming in, and thanks for telling us about this. And I hope to see you more often because now that you're tangled up with these Irish, we're yes. not going to let you get away.
11: Oh, good! We're I want to be honorary,
0: and <laughs> I'm going to see. I'm <laughs> going to see you in the play. You're going to be acting in the play, The Ascension yeah. of Mary Mulligan. Yes, yeah, um, that's on film. That's, a, no, so that's that's a movie, actually. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right. What's the name of that place in Waterloo again? I, I forget. It's Tree Lawn Social Club. Tree Lawn Social Club, and I think it's right next to the Beachland Ballroom.
11: It, it is over that way. Yeah. It's on Waterloo Road, um, and that is March 11th at 6 o'clock. I think this used to be Packy Malley's place.
0: Mm. I think Packy Malley owned this at one time. Mm. Do you know they have, a, they have a, a pub over there called the Library? And it's Millard Fillmore's library. He's the only president that doesn't have a library. So whoever did that, they get the library and they get <laughs> the picture of Miller Fillmore.
11: That's perfect. <laughs> this is great. It?
0: Well, Creative thinking. Yeah. 1145 here on the Irish show. WHK AM 1420. We're going to be, um, We're go- Tom Kelly is coming up at the top of the hour, so make sure you stay with Tom. But in the meantime, let's uh, play a bit of uh, Irish rock and roll. Here's Joe Dolan, the man from Mullingar. Laura, G- J.C., G- and Laura, somebody called for you.
1: Yes, we had a shout-out to Laura, uh, a long-time listener, and this guy absolutely loves you, Laura. Oh. You did a play at the Grafton Prison Yeah. Uh, under the auspices of, uh, I think— uh, ODAG, the, Odag, the Oberlin, yeah, 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 the
11: Oberlin program. I can't—hello, Marty. Thank you for calling in. I, I'm i so happy to, to have you on my mind, and I hope you're doing so well. What a wonderful thing to hear from you. Did
0: you you do much of that prison work?
11: Yeah, sure. Uh, I I, I went into—ODAG is the program that's been going on for a long time at Grafton. It's through Oberlin. Um, And I went in and volunteered uh, starting in 2014, 2015, until I started my own um, prison program at the Women's Center. So I'm now at NERC on 30th and Broadway with the women because they didn't have anything like that what's it so like,
0: what's it like how about the discipline is it hard to manage the people or no, no? not at no. all
11: they're 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 like a joke sometimes they're my favorite people <laughs> 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 no they're they they're so happy to have you know obviously something something else to do uh you know than than the the norm than the than the regular stuff it's fun to have a little make-believe in those in those places
0: That's great. Well, listen, Laura, thank you for coming in. It's great having you, and I hope this is not the last time that we meet. I hope we meet several times in the future. Hey, all right. And uh, (laughs) I don't know, again, I don't know if Mike coin is coming in next week or not, we're having a big gang in here next week, but I want to you to come back sometime later and tell us how the play went and okay. what's your plans for the future. Okay. We'd like to uh promote anything you do. We're All right. We're glad to do it.
11: And I'm on honorary Irish.
0: Oh it's great. Just
11: heard from Chris Johnston. He says it's official now since that's, I've been on the that's Jerry wonderful. Quinn show. Yeah.
0: All right. Here's uh here's Pat Quinn and it's called Timmy Clifford's Jig.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So again, Laura, thanks very much. We're um, we're wrapping it up here. Oh, yeah, in fact, yeah, there's the there's the Tom Kelly signature tune telling us we got to go. Thank you for coming in. So oh, much for I'm having looking me. Looking forward to seeing you yeah. this afternoon. I'll be watching your play this afternoon. Great, thanks, Thank you. <laughs> Well, it's that time again. Tom Kelly is already in Studio One. Tom's ready to go. So make sure you tune in to Tom until 2 o'clock today. Always something interesting going on on the Kelly and Company show. Our program is brought to you by Gandalf's Pub and Restaurant, Valley City, Chambers Funeral Home, Golf Tech, Joyce Buick GMC, O'Neill Healthcare, P.J. McIntyre's Irish Pub and Restaurant, Vince's Barbershop, at 18324 Lakeshore Boulevard, the Western Reserve Insurance Group. All of these good folks bringing you the Irish show this morning on WHK AM 1420. Next week, we have the group, the honorees, but we're also going to be talking about all of the movies that are coming up. There's lots of movies. There's the Colleen Kuhn coming up, Bill Johnson. I want to talk to Bill about that. Maybe we'll talk to him over the air next Sunday. Anyway. Until next Sunday, I leave you with the immortal words of John Locke when he wrote, Oh, Ireland isn't a grand you look like a bride in a rich adorning. And with all the pent-up love in my heart, I bid you the top of the morning. I'm Jerry Quinn. Good day.